0: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, Jose Young's here with MMAFighting.com speaking with newly announced UFC Hall of Famer Daniel Cormier. I saw, I was on that
1: shit, didn't you? I was out there getting put in the Hall of Fame. Don't even trip. Y'all better fuck up with some respect on my name out here.
0: Have you put any thought into who's going to do your induction yet?
1: Yes, 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 I do. Only one person could ever do my induction. It's crazy Bob Cook, right? Yeah, he's, I lived in the guy's house. For the first year of my Mixed martial arts career, he gave me a car to drive. Never missed a fight. When I went to Australia to fight for $7,000, he went. When I was in New Mexico, king of the cage, he went. Like, he never missed anything. So, dude was at my wedding. So, yeah, he's going to be the guy that inducts me.
0: Well, ask Forrest Griffin this years ago. So, when they now announced Daniel Cormier, is it UFC Hall of Famer first? Or is it UFC light heavyweight Heavyweight champion? <laughs> what gets top billing? Hall of,
1: Hall, Hall, Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer gets the top billing. Oh, yeah. Because, bro, like... I'm a sports guy, so I watch the football players and the basketball players going to the Hall of Fame, and there's nothing like it. I mean, to reach the absolute pinnacle of your sport, it truly is uh, next level. So wearing those belts were, I just told that to your I, you know, I say, hey man, enjoy yourself. I go, title fights, there's nothing like them. That, inv- that, that build, that feel, there's nothing like a UFC title fight, and he goes, Well, you would know, huh? I go, well, I had 11 to end my career, so
0: uh, it's good. Well, that's a perfect segue. We just spoke with Glover to share a few minutes ago at Media Day, and someone asked, what advice would you give to young young fighters? Because he's now, Ioana said, I'm old, I'm 35. And I'm like, Glover's almost 10 years older, and he's the champion. Glover said, I want to tell them to appreciate the journey because, like, at the time you're blitzing to the title and then you don't reflect on it. So would you agree that to just appreciate the journey along the
1: way? You absolutely have to appreciate the journey. You know that's one thing that, you know, it feels like a blink of an eye, right? You go into San Jose as this kid, you know, not a kid actually. I was thirty-one years old, but uh, a guy that had just left the Olympics had nothing. I had no money. I had nothing, right? I go live in Bob's house for a while, hoping that this career turns into something. Ten years later, it's over, right? I only fought for ten years, right? So, it really puts uh puts puts in perspective. Uh, all that accomplished in a short period of time. So, uh, you but in those moments, right? Like the I remember the first title fight, the Strike Force title fight. And you're just so excited about walking out there for a championship. And then you win and then the fights all become title fights. And then you kind of go, it's just another fight, right? It's 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 a title fight, but the title fight becomes a norm. When in reality you should never take that for granted. It's it is truly something special and If I had to do it again, I think I would put a little more emphasis on just living in the now and not always looking uh, at what's next. You know, I think one thing that makes athletes truly special is when they can move the finish line. I constantly move the finish line. So I never truly took in uh, what was happening in the now. So you win a belt, you're over the moon, you defend the title, you're over the moon. Uh, Two days later, you're like, okay, what's next? Right? So it's, I wish I would
0: have lived in it a little bit more. Well, another perfect segue. I mean, I remember when you, I, I think it was when you beat Anthony Johnson, you immediately called out, like Jimmy Mano was sitting, like you yeah. knew who, you kind of knew who was coming. Yeah. Glover was in that situation where the second he beat Jan, they showed yep. that clip. He goes up to Yuri and says, oh, you're next. Yeah. Yuri hasn't fought more than a year. Before that, he was fighting four to five times a year in Japan. He said the last 12, 13 months, he's pretty much done grappling and wrestling because he knew yeah. he was going to have to fight Glover. share. to Glover's like, I mean, yeah, but, at some point, you just go back to what you're you're used to. Tyson Fury said the same thing when he was about to fight Deontay Wilder. So, what type of fight are you expecting from Yuri Prikhaskin now?
1: Yuri went to Arizona to train with Henry Cejudo and and, and um, Eric Albaricine. Um He he's doing the things that are seeming necessary to give himself a chance against Glover. But I believe everybody did, you know, and he just. Glover's heavy on top, man. His top pressure is so good, and he's so good at wearing these guys down. I think what we're going to see is Yuri Prohashka a little bit more patient because in the moments that Reyes and and, and Volkan had success, it was when he was overextending himself, when he was a bit too frantic, when he was was rushing. I think he'll be more patient, understanding that if he can touch Glover, uh, he does have an opportunity to put him out. But if he doesn't, if he gets himself excited and he gets taken down, he may not make his way back up to his feet.
0: Looking at the, at the, the other title fight, Valentina, I, we, we spoke with like a young fighter named Aaron Blanchfield, and she said, I want to be the one to beat Valentina. It seems like beating Valentina has become almost synonymous, maybe even more important than winning the title. It reminds me of when I interviewed Justin Gaethje. He goes, I want to fight Habib whether he has the title or not. I want yeah. to be the guy. I've heard same things about John Jones. Like, I want to just beat John, whether he has the title or not. Is Valentina now in that category where the title is great, but beating Valentina is a bigger accomplishment?
1: It, it is, but they're the same because Nico Montano, that was Montano or Monta, what was your Nico Montano. Montano. Nico Montano was the, I thought her name was Montoyo, but Montano, Nico Montano was the champion, right? And then she didn't fight was she supposed to fight somebody and like didn't make the weight or something?
0: She was supposed to fight Valentina in the co-main event of the Woodley-Darren Till fight. And yeah. then she felt, they even did a face-off at, at open workouts. She pulled out, I think, the day, the day of the weigh
1: Yeah, because you're about to fight Valentina, right? So it's like, you know, forget this shit, right? Like, it was like my girl Jermaine Durand to me. They're like, you fight Cyborgs. She's like, yeah, you can go ahead and just like take the belt. Like, we're good. Like, I was the champ. Was, I'll always be the champion. I love Jermaine, you know, for the record. But nobody else has had the belt It's been her title, and she has just dominated. From the moment she went to 125, you saw that she was just different. Because even at 135, and it'll sound like a crime to call her puffy because she was never quite puffy, but look at her now, dude. She's so shredded. At 135, she didn't look as lean because she was gaining weight to try to compete at a weight class, and she really didn't belong in. She was always a 125 pounder, and the weight's perfect for her. And that's why you see her dominating in the way that she does. So to your question, it's as important, but not more important because Valentina, beating Valentina is becoming the champion because nobody else has ever touched that belt.
0: And Dana White actually did an interview and said, when she wins, if she does win on Saturday, she can do whatever she wants. She can yeah. stay at 125, fight the Misha Tates, the, the Alexa Grasos over the world. She could go up and fight the winner of Amanda and Juliana. If you were in her camp, would you want her to continue and maybe beat Anderson, maybe catch up to Usman, mm-hmm. or would you want that double champ status? I gotta be honest
1: with you. If I'm in Team Valentina, I'm watching that fight very closely. She can beat Amanda Nunes. We know how competitive those fights are. She hasn't, though. She can compete against Juliana Pena and has beaten her before. So if Juliana wins, if I'm Valentina, I may go up and try to become the double champion. This will get me in trouble with Juliana (laughs) because Juliana watches everything and she gets pissed off. But just based on the facts. Now, Juliana's not the same person that she was back then, right? Her mind's clear. She's got her daughter. Her life is in Everything's, like, perfect for Juliana Pena right now. So it'll be a much more difficult task but if you think for one second that Ioannia and Jacek's comeback isn't more exciting for her because Carla's the champion, you're out of your damn mind. So when you've beaten somebody before and you see them at the top of the world, you're like, Shh, I can do this. Like, I can go back and beat this person again.
0: And actually, speaking of that fight, uh, the rematch between Ioana and JJ and uh, Zhang Wei Li, Yoana hasn't fought in 27 months. You've had a more recent UFC fight so than, than Ioana. I feel, like, I feel like I haven't fought in forever. Like, it's insane. This is also only her fourth three-round fight in the UFC. It's all been main events or title mm-hmm. fights. I don't know if you remember the last time they fought. That was the, right at the beginning of the pandemic yeah, they, yeah. when Whaley had to like go to Abu Dhabi and then bounce around. It was like a 26-hour flight even to get to Las Vegas. He's now trained with Henry Cejudo and stuff. So what type of fight are you expecting? I know you said Whaley lives up to the original, but are you expecting another barn burner at least?
1: I don't... I mean, I think it's going to be a good fight. I think we're going to see a lot of skills. I don't think that we're going to see that type of uh, aggression that type of head-on collision that we saw in the first fight. I think that for Joanna to win, she's got to be smarter. And I think that in the time way she has recognized that and understands that, even though the boogie woman is a fun character, at times you can't fight like the boogie woman. You got to be a little bit more sharp in your approach, especially when you're fighting. Honestly, Zhang Weili is legit the greatest athlete I think I've ever seen in my entire life. She's so fast. She's like a ball of muscle. She's just tremendous. And I mean, we've seen her do things that... I mean, if you put a basketball in Zhang Weili's hand, I would imagine she can shoot it. Baseball, she's probably pretty damn good. You put her on a track and field team, she's probably pretty damn good. So she's about as as athletic as anyone we've ever seen. And to beat someone like that, you got to be smart. And I think Joanna's going to do that. So the fight may be a little bit slower.
0: And fi- final question for me, unrelated to this fight card. Can you clear up this uh, this controversy with your co host, Ryan Clark, talking about Chris Brown and Michael Jackson? I saw that and I did. And I'm ra- rarely does my mouth hit the floor when I see things like that. But, like, yeah. you want to explain what your co host said to the people that may not know? Let me tell you something Ryan Clark,
1: who is literally like, the biggest MMA fan in the entire world. Bro, he sent me a video this morning of him watching The Ultimate Fighter. I'm like, we're not talking about The Ultimate Fighter on this show. Like, he's like, bro, I, I, DC, do you watch Tough? I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I don't watch Tough. I was like, I haven't watched Tough in a long time, but he watches everything. But then he just like, decides to say some absurd stuff. And then he doubles down on it. He tweeted it, and I was like, wait a minute, what? And then they put it in our show, and he doubles down and tells me about how Chris, Paul, um, Chris Brown can play basketball better than Mike, paint better than Mike. I'm like, yes, we're talking about music. And, bro, it's so crazy because for as absurd as he was and is, so many, so many people believe him. I'm like, how does anybody agree with this? And I don't know how anybody could ever think it, but Ryan said it. He is standing firm. I mean, Kendrick Perkins goes, RC, I'm ashamed of you, man. Like Big Perk was like, dude, this is ridiculous. And that's been the sentiment for most of us, but I'm telling you, man, I look in my comments, and I mean, my comments are full. There's hundreds and hundreds, and there are so many people supporting Ryan Clark in that absurd uh, take that he had. It's it's the worst take he's ever had. It's the worst take Ryan's ever had. And Ryan's always talking, right? He's, He's on First Take, he's on Get Up, he's on NFL Live, he's on The Pivot, he's got this great podcast called The Pivot now. And he never says anything this crazy. But he's gonna,
0: this is the hill that he wants to die on, so that's him. Well, we'll end it on that. You're right, I'm right. Ryan Clark's just wrong. He's wrong. And we'll end it with that. Thanks (laughs) for watching, guys.
1: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.